Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntables this week, and the final week of our girl band November month, we are going to be talking about All Saints, and All Saints' self-titled debut album, All Saints, which is 21 years old, can you believe, Dan, this very week? I can't, it just seems like yesterday, when they were running around in their combats. So, and I'm actually wearing army print uh, crop trousers today, no word of a lie. If only this was a vlog. Uh, and maybe it's good that it isn't. So All Saints, four-piece, uh, mainly Black, Chesney Lewis, uh, and the Appleton sisters, Natalie and Nicole. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Currently enjoying their second resurgence as a group with uh, another new album this year. Yeah, Testament, which is really good. There's some, there's some absolute belters on there. And as was Red Flag two years ago. I love the fact that they didn't just come back for a token album and then disappear again. They're continuing. They're clearly enjoying being back. Mm. Um, very successful. Well, they did the token album and the disappearing act about 10 years ago, didn't they? Yes. With Studio One, which, you know, Rocksteady was a fantastic lead single. And then it they just disappeared, didn't they, again? And the rest of the album was also recorded. <laughs> So this album, their debut album, did brilliantly in the charts. It, it reached number two and contained three number ones. Shall I name them? Yes. So I know that, unlike Spice Girls, for example, who were big at the time, they didn't didn't go straight in with the number one, did they? All Saints, the first single, didn't go to number one. So I think Never Ever climbed its way to the top. Yes. Um, and then there was a double A side of Under the Bridge and Lady Marmalade. 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 And finally, Booty Call. Correct. And Dan, a few questions that I need to know. First one, what were your memories of All Saints from their first time round when All Saints' self-titled album came out? Well, so it'd been, these arrived on the scene about a year after Spire Schools, didn't they? When there was a, a huge amount of girl bands uh, left, right and centre and this, and this wave of girl power, and rightfully so. I was very loyal to Spire Schools, I think, at the start and maybe... Sh- Probably right from the beginning, and particularly with the lead single, I Know Where It's At, probably shunned them a little bit, didn't really, you know, couldn't see them becoming anything to get worked up about. But actually, All Saints, I did end up getting the album the following May. I got it for my birthday, for my, I think, 12th birthday. Bit of a slow burn for you. Yes, but in actual fact, I'm a huge admirer of, of their work, of their craft. As you said, as we've touched on earlier, when they've come back with these albums, particularly the last two, just shows what incredibly talented writers and producers and um, and singers they are actually and performers. Will, I, um, I love them from the word go. I think I was really. Uh, you're right. You couldn't swing a cat uh, that night in 1997 without hitting a girl band in the face. In fact, some of them sounded like swinging cats, didn't they? Uh, vanilla. Yeah. yeah. No way. Uh, some real bum notes there. Should we dive in? Should we put one on? Let's let's get stuck in. Let's indeed, and what a track to get stuck in with. Here we go then, never ever. A few questions that I need to know. How you could ever hurt me so. I need to know what I've done wrong. And how long it's been going on. Was it that I never paid enough attention? Or did I not give enough affection? 
Not only will your answers keep me sane, but I'll know never to make the same mistake again. What a fitting track to start with. Probably still their biggest, not just in terms of performance in the charts, but their standout track for them. Yeah. The track they're most associated with. At the time, you probably didn't realise what a monumental song it was, but it is almost... It's almost like their Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that, isn't it? It's, it's the album version we've just heard, or from the 30 seconds that the listeners have just heard. <laughs> it's over six minutes long, I think, and it's got that obviously spoken word intro, uh, leads into a nice melody, and at the end it goes a little, kind of breaks down a little bit from more of a urban percussive thing with uh, Chazney. I do often feel a little bit for Nicole Appleton because it's one of her few sort of times in the limelight where she has that, that spoken word monologue at the beginning. But if you see them live, the audience completely overpower her with that, don't they? Because everyone and the nana knows the words to that part of the song. Just to put a bit of perspective on how well this song did at the time, we've already said it was a number one, and it did one of those rare things that it climbed to number one. Yeah, especially this time, late 90s, it was very much in at number one, wasn't it? And then kind of dropped down. So it was, as you said, it was was a rare thing. Uh, The Brit Awards in 1998 won Best British Single. And it was also, and still currently is, the best-selling single by a girl group. Second best-selling single by a girl group. Do you know, Dan, what is still the best-selling single of all time by a girl group? And it's not No Way, No Way by Vanilla. Well, then it must be I Quit by Hepburn, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I could hesitate to guess. I, I feel quite sure it'd be Spice Girls, and I bet I bet Wannabe's produced all more than anything Correct. And you still you'll still hear this song now if you go to a school disco now. Actually yeah. I don't think you'd hear it at a school disco now, but no. you definitely hear it what's the place I'm thinking of? Oh, like these club nights where it's all about the nineties and stuff like that. Um Club de Fromage or Or the one that's just balanced. Pleasures. Um oh, uh, Ultimate, uh, uh, Power. Ultimate Power, yeah. Uh should we crack on with the next one? Yes, I think we should. Bring it, bring it on, bring it on. singing about what is a booty call have you ever had one i was trying to think a funny joke up then but um obviously it's a sexy song isn't it it's quite a sexy song and clearly um the the, the members of the band were were, were practiced because i do remember on the video of this they had to hide melanie blatt's bump she was sat in a car with the door shut because they were hiding her bump because because she'd had a booty call had a, booty a few call. months prior hmm and she had oh, with her husband, or with Liam Gallagher. No, that was that's the other one. Nicole Appleton, after she'd been with Robbie Williams. They were popular girls back in the day, weren't Very they? Very popular girls, yeah. yeah. And they're lovely girls, so I'm not surprised. When I first heard this, it was a a, a big reminder that of the difference between Spice Girls and All Saints. Not to talk about Spice Girls throughout this episode, but. They were both around at the same time. They were both doing very well on the charts, both hitting number one around in, during uh, 97. But this is much more of a, a stripped-back 
urban adult oriented probably with a track with a lyrics song i think maybe you maybe didn't pick up on that with the lead single i know where it's at because it's lots of fun and then with never ever it's a big ballad that everyone can sing along to so maybe you don't quite get it then but for me i think boot call is that is that demonstration that these this is not a, a cheesy girl band oh no you're definitely on different territory with these girls mm. um this was their third consecutive number one mm-hmm. as well, so they really were riding high at this point. And quite rightly so, because I think it's, it sounds great. You know, again, the first bars of this track, you know exactly what what song it is, don't you? Yes, absolutely, yeah. It's got that, it's got that Beatles Hard Day's Night thing going for it. And so much so, before we started the podcast, I was actually doing the... Bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> Uh, as we were getting set up. It was really nice. Thank you very much. Hmm. So track number three is where it all started for the girls. I know where it's at. If you came out I love that song uh, they released it twice as well yes because you mentioned before this is where it all began but there was a kind of a bit of a prelude yes a, a precursor a precursor if you will when All Saints were known as All Saints 1975 and only featured yes Mel and Shaz, yes. Um as I like to call them and yes they actually released their first single in 1994 so three years before this one Obviously, two years before the Spicicles ever ever released anything. So they were they actually predated the Spicicles. Yeah. Uh, and this gives you a flavour of kind of the the era. This was first performed on the National Lottery Live. Hmm. I mean, they don't even show the National Lottery draw on TV anymore, do they? Or do they? I don't think they do. No. I imagine that because they still obviously they still tour a lot. They um, perform this song live still in the set and. You know, it's probably right that they should because it was a it was a hit and it's their first single. I imagine this is one of the songs that they feel a bit less inclined to play because it is, you know, a lot of their earlier stuff like Never Ever Even and Pure Shores and things like that. Still, they've stood the test of time and they're still incredible songs. This probably is is the more cheesy one they're singing about. It's a bit dated as well. Yeah, because they're timeless songs. And the sound hasn't aged. Mm. The production still is very good quality. This is very much a song from the late 90s. Yeah. And that lyric about no need to worry because all saints will be around. Uh, I mean, they were right, actually. 20 odd years later, they are still around. So track four now. We're going under the bridge. Will, I've got a very big question for you now. Oh, I think I know where this is going. Daddy or Chips? <laughs> no. <laughs> All Saints version or Red Hot Chili Peppers version? I think for me, because 
the Red Hot Chili Peppers was never really my thing. I'd have to go with this. I think I've said this a few times through this episode. This was another very early reminder that this girl band, or this girl group, or this vocal harmony group, whatever they wanted to call themselves, was a very different kettle of fish to the other things that are out there at the minute. They had teeth. They had teeth? Hmm? Didn't, didn't they all have teeth? Well, they've got a, you know, they've got a bit of bite to them, a bit of ah, substance to yes. them. Because there was a lot of criticism at the time... Oh yeah. When when it when it was revealed, when it was heard that they'd covered this song, because the Red Hot Chili Peppers were big in the late nineties. Absolutely. Uh, and a and lot of their fans weren't going to be All Saints fans. No. And I actually quite like Chili Peppers now, uh, but I don't think I really listened to giving them a, a, a chance uh, around this time. So this version was my favourite version, and I think actually twenty one years. On it still is. I think the production on this song is absolutely fantastic, from that guitar at the beginning to a real like deep brooding thing going on all the way through, which actually probably linked very nicely to. Do you remember the video? It was a two-part video, wasn't it, with Lady Marmalade? Yes. And they were in this sort of wrecked buildings, walking around the sides. A quick pop quiz for you: Who you called out the guitar as a standout there? Who was on guitar duties? It wasn't Johnny Marr. Oh. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I've, in fact, I've never known, so I'd be very intrigued. As Richard Hawley. Really? Yeah. Oh, blow me down with a feather. The other thing I remember thinking as well is not only it's a very brave choice and it's very well done and it's very different to what another, a lot of other girl bands are doing, I thought it was actually quite a strange decision to do a to do a, a cover version because, I don't know, I think there can be a feeling that so early in your career, this was only the the third single since it became kind of a, a hit band to and to have two incredibly well written songs it was quite it seemed at the time a bit of an odd decision to release two cover versions oh it didn't hold this back from getting to number one no nope. um and obviously we'll come on to talk about the other side of the double a side in about five five tracks time and you mentioned before about nelly hooper producing on the album and this is one of the tracks that he put together and through his work with, he's worked with people like Bjork and that kind of thing. And I think you can really tell on this track that it is it has got that quality. It's pre, a premium production. Absolutely, yeah. We're into non-single territory now. Heaven. Wasn't supposed to be this way. Not too much of my own say. was album track heaven I'd say definitely an album track definitely an album track a good album track but really I really enjoyed that song I think there's production wise a little bit of an 80s thing going on with the sort of electronics in there it's very I love that sound it's great it's very I can't put my finger on quite what it is but uh... I heard video games almost or not Lana Del Rey um, arcade games and very often very repetitive very stripped back but I think it's a great song. I really like um, the bridge that lifts it to the chorus when um, I think it's Natalie that comes in and there's some really nice harmonies there. And also, you know, you do hear Melanie and Chazenay a lot. So when you do hear one of the Appleton sisters, I've had a bit like a proud mother. Well, and we, we've spoken about this all through Girl Band Month, um, how much we enjoy when it is a group 
Mm. When you can hear the different vocal, when you can hear who it is and who's there. And I think definitely with Spice Girls, with Girls Aloud and Sugar Babes and All Saints, we haven't just plucked those groups out of the air They and they haven't become successful for no reason. And I think part of it is because they are individuals all coming together. Yes. They sound good together, some great production behind them, but also, you know, you could name each member of that group and talk yeah. about what they add vocally into the mix, but also as a, as a person. Yeah. I think probably of all of the all of these four that we've been looking at, All Saints probably are the biggest case where there are two uh, vocalists that you hear more, but I think probably they'd they'd might win a harmony off with the rest of them, um, and that's because of what Nicole and Natalie bring to it as well. And also, let's not forget Appleton. That yeah, fantasy, great song. Don't worry. That don't worry was the was the best one actually. And I can't hear that song and not want a bar of Galaxy Chocolate. <laughs> Ooh, Galaxy Caramel. Mm. In a, it's nearly come to that time of the year, isn't it? Actually, with uh, box celebrations. Well, December we'll be into December next week. Um, which probably when a lot of people got All Saints album for Christmas on a on a CD or maybe even a cassette at the time still. I think actually the, the probably the reason why we've done Girl Band Month in November is because all of these albums were released, as we've said, each time. It's, it's celebration anniversary, and they put them out. That's the reason they put them out, then, isn't well, it? Well, it's, for that, it's the, for that quarter four Christmas um, releasing window, isn't it, where when physical sales used to be a lot more significant, yep. that's when you shift the units, isn't it? And you had to have an album jostling for attention at the time when Woolies and Our Price yeah. were still really big. You know, I remember a lot of their Christmas marketing hung on the big releases from from the big groups. Uh, track six now, and alone. Not gonna, don't wanna, never gonna, don't wanna, wanna end up alone. Not gonna, never gonna. I think it's got that very similar feel, actually, to Heaven, hasn't it? It's, it's that... Heaven was the better track for me. Yeah, I would agree with that. Heaven, actually, interestingly, one of only two songs credited to the whole band. But we've talked about Heaven, so let's let's leave that in the past. Alone, <laughs> or I in the re- future. Oh, yeah. That's a thinker. That's a bigger thought. With Alone, I do remember it being an early favourite. And I think it's because, for some reason, when I first got into this album... I didn't play it all the way through a lot. I did just pick out the singles and the odd album track, and this is one of the ones I used to play. And I think it's just because it's such a simple chorus that I could pick it up quite easily and sing along. Will? I think it's probably time to talk about the fantastic artwork <laughs> for this album. It's the four girls. It's the girls. They're looking a bit sultry. They're not looking very happy, actually. Hmm. They're sat on a big sofa with a green background. And I think... Natalie Appleton's got a head in Chasnay's lap, and it's a it's a it's a hero shot of the girls, really. Yeah, it's iconic, isn't it? It's like that Queen. It's almost like their take on that Queen iconic shot. You know, the Bohemian Rhapsody one. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what they were going for. I'm sure. 
But yeah, they, they weren't smilers, were they? A little bit like Sugar Babes again in the early days. They, they weren't. They were not. They were not a lot more smiley now. Yeah, they are actually. Yeah. So I think we should move on. I think we should. And depending on what version of the album you've got, this track could be called several different things. But right now it's called "If You Want a Party." Open bracket. I found love in close bracket. So let's get started there. Or if you want to party, brackets I found loving. For yes. me, it should actually be called if you want to party, brackets let's get started. Perhaps on a 25th anniversary box set, um, they'll release it that way. It's probably the right thing to do. Um, what a fun song. It is a fun song. This was the initial, not debut single, but an early single by the band when it was called... Let's get started. Before the Appleton sisters came on board and then re-recorded with them and included on the album as "If You Want a Party, I Found Loving." Uh, you might have called it at the t- uh, well now. You might you would call that a buzz track. Yes. Um, I think it really sounds. I like it. I really like it because it sounds like 1997. Yeah, I think also just have a few hints of. The 70s and 80s, a bit of a disco flair to that one, maybe a bit of funk to it. I just have in my mind like a time when all seems to be on top of the pops, so they'll be hanging out backstage. Their yeah. <laughs> they were a party band, weren't they? <laughs> They'd be hanging out backstage at Top of the Pops with Billy Piper. Oh, yeah. With um, Zoe Ball. Sarah yeah. Cox. Oh, she, she'd love a pie. Because they were definitely part of that culture at the time where there was a real drive for feminism. Yeah. Um, for that kind of ladette culture as well. And like Zoe Ball and Sarah Cox, over the course of the late 90s, they both hosted like the Breakfast Show on Radio 1. Mm. They used to spend a lot of their time talking about their showbiz mates, what they were doing the night before. And it's really funny that we've now come back round again, that Zoe Ball is now going to be Breakfast Show on Radio 2, Sarah Cox is going to be Drive Time on Radio 2. That All those, Saints still here. All Saints are back around for a second time again, he- being heavily played on Radio 2 as well. Yeah. Isn't it lovely how it's all come kind of full circle on them? It is, absolutely. And so therefore, if your calculations are correct, we can expect a Billy Piper comeback any day now. Does Billy Piper still act? No, I think she's. I think she's had a number of children now. She's very happy, settled down with a husband, one of the Fox Dynasty. Lawrence Fox is her husband, actor. No. You know Amelia Fox, sister, no. who's like Silent Witness. Isn't that um, Helen Mirren? That's Prime Suspect, and that was quite a while ago. Oh, right. Anyway. I'm confusing you now. Yes, so you are. Let's move, let's move on. You've dazzled me. <laughs> um, I've charmed you. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's probably a good time to move on, actually, to the next track. Track eight. Trapped. Trapped. Uh, 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 uh. Trapped. 
Okay, so I've got an interesting fact for you, Will, about Trapped, if you'd like to hear it. Yes, please. This is the only original track on the album where Chasney doesn't play a part in the songwriting. And I wonder why. Hmm. So this was written by Mel with uh, a songwriter called Karen Gibbs. Now, ideally at this point in proceedings, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about Karen Gibbs and perhaps even a few other uh, choice songs of hers, but I can't find a thing on the internet. So perhaps this was her only... Perhaps she was trapped into only writing this track. Karen, if you're listening, tell us what you've been up to. Just yeah. make... Just get in touch, as we know you're okay. At Move to Trash UK across most social media platforms. Or text Dan on um, 07... No, no. Oh. <laughs> Trap for me doesn't really go anywhere. Not really a fan. Of all of these album tracks, they are very clearly album tracks, but I do enjoy them all. I think they are all very... They all fit the mood of the album very well. I was actually listening to that thinking... Is this album available on vinyl? And if not, it's one that I can imagine putting on and playing through and quite enjoying, actually. On a lazy Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. So if you... Drift off to sleep. It is nearly Christmas, so if you're thinking of a little Prezi for me or a little stocking filler, also... Depends if I get you in the track-by-track office Secret Santa. I think there's a very good chance you will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to track number nine now, which is Beg. That's more like it for me, that one. I do love the... Today's letter was B and the word was beg part of the song. It's funky. It's got some attitude to it. I think the pace is lifted after the last couple of tracks. And it's Sesame Street. Uh, What more could Bond want? Yeah, definitely the mood has been lifted up a little bit after, um, after Trapped. We're still in album track territory. But... I wish to make this very clear, that's not a bad thing. And we are listening to an album. We're listening to a full album. If we had an album full of singles, we'd be listening to a Greatest Hits album, and there's not much meat in that, is there, really? Maybe there's too much meat. Well, there's, well that, I think that's the problem with the Greatest Hits album. I think there's more meat than you can mm. shake your stick at. And I am a vegetarian, so that's probably why I prefer a, an album proper. I think our waffle indicates we're probably ready for, um, for a banger. Mm, I think we've got one coming up. Yes. Are you ready for it? Absolutely. Let's put it on. So track number 10, it's Lady got a question for you will okay all saints or christina aguilera little kim pink and maya featuring missy elliott definitely all saints yes thank you 100 percent i'm i would definitely go with the original cover version (laughs) (laughs) can i ask you why can i ask you your reasons for that um i think it was just a bit 
over the top. I was never a fan of the Moulin Rouge, that the, film. Oh, dear. Um, and the subsequent soundtrack that came out. Oh, and I think it was just a bit too much for me. And I like this oh, because it's it's funky. It was fresh at the time as well. It was a big hit for them. And it's still, first time using the word this episode, quintessentially All Saints. Yes. What I like about this this song, this cover version, is that it shows a little bit more of the disco 70s influences that they have. And we, know, we referenced it before featuring and things like if you want a party, that's got more of a disco vibe to it and a bit of a sprinkling of the 70s. And I think this does it and does it far better than the, the Moulin Rouge version. Um, where they, on that version, they, you know, they're all trying to outsing each other. It's a little bit cringy. Oh, Christina Aguilera just smashed my windows through the first time I played that song with that. <laughs> she didn't put a football through it. She was just her voice. Because mm. um, they're, all, they're all belting it out, aren't they? Really. Yeah. Too much. It was like a voice, the voice sing-off, where they were trying to get through to the next round. I want Tom Jones to spin his chair around. Share yeah. uh, <laughs> was that share? <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to a podcast near you. Um, yeah, I'd much rather hear this at a wedding disco than that other version. But the fact is, you're probably far more likely to hear the, the other version. Um, unless we do the wedding disco for you. And we are available, actually. It's a new side project. New for 2019. Okay, track 11 now. Um, let's take the keys. <laughs> <laughs> there we have the last we've talked about album tracks a lot on this one and I think because it's a 12 track album 13 if you include the remix at the end whereas other bands Spice Girls again would have a 10 track album wouldn't they so arguably when you have more album tracks does it affect the quality yes and actually this I said before I like the album tracks this is the one that I do I really like the harmonies I really like the there's a really nice bridge the, I really like the bass through it. It's really like it's a bit of slap bass, I think we call it. Uh, I think the kids call it. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is probably for me the weakest track on the album. Uh, I agree. Um, it's a shame because Lady Marmalade, you know, it was great fun, that track. As was Beg before it. Um, um, but, you know, there's 13 tracks on this album. The final track is a remix. So we're not going to be talking about that track. I don't think we need to. No. So the 12 tracks, you could easily nip this one out and probably alone, um, and you've got a much tighter album there. Yeah, quality, not quantity. Mm, absolutely. So let's not let's not hang about. Let's not beat about the bush. Because I really want to get to this next track. This is um, a little stunner, actually, isn't it? Oh, it's wonderful. War of Nerves is the final track on the album. inside my head you know 
know, we often talk about the best way to end an album. Yes. And I think that's that's lovely. Yeah, especially the way that that track does fade out, actually, doesn't it? It's quite a long fade um, following what is a really emotional song. And I think we can, I can tell a lot by our engagement during a track, and we were both... It won't make it into the final cut, I'm afraid, listeners, <laughs> but we were both singing along... Mm. Um, to that one the harmonies were on with, point with actually all, just absolutely dreamy mm. just the oohs and the ahs you know like a Capri's dream bar Ooh. with strawberries with strawberries they did a yeah. strawberry trim with that um, this is I, this is my favourite track on the album I'm and very... I'm not normally one to go for a ballad no I'm very surprised that you say that because I know that you do struggle to make emotional connections um and therefore not a big ballad sort of person, but yeah, I'm very pleased for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, perhaps it's because of your love for Princess Diana, because obviously this was written by Chardonnay for, for the late Princess Di. That's probably it, actually. Mm. Was your mum a big fan? Did she have the plates in the house and things like that? No. No? More of a Camilla girl. Uh, Sarah Ferguson. <laughs> oh dear. You've said a lot about your family there. <laughs> It's what they did best, isn't it? These, the the ballads, the sort of dream-like pop, which I would extend to Black Coffee, Pure Shores. And then in more recent years... Quite ethereal. Yeah, One Strike and After All from the most recent albums. Again, mm. stunning ballads. And when you listen to those, you, yeah, you do forget about I Know Where It's At and all that kind of stuff. This track was the fifth and final single from the album and charted at number seven which you know that considering the double a side as well that's six songs from one album it doesn't surprise me that it didn't hit number one um but i think it's quite nice that it was a single i think it's quite nice that out there and you know was was this track that showcased a very emotional side of the band and i think a lot of the members certainly i read that nicole has said it was her favorite song of theirs and what a lovely place to leave things Hmm. Um, for the album proper. We do have some further listening, though. We absolutely do, as always. And Dan, I'd like you to go first today. Will you do that? Yeah, yeah. have you noticed that you always do go first? You jump the gun. I, well, I haven't been keeping count. <laughs> Me neither. So our criteria this time, because we're, we're big All Saints fans, and who knows what's going to happen later down the track-by-track timeline, we might pick up All Saints again. Uh, so we decided... Let's choose our song from the first incarnation of All Saints. My track isn't some obscure album track from Saints and Sinners, the second album. It's the second single from the album. It's one of their biggest hits, but I think it's it's a song with Willie Morbit, who they did Pure Shores with, and I think it's an absolute masterpiece and timeless, um, and it's Black Coffee. Great choice. Thank you very much. This song is now 
18 years old, and I think it sounds as fresh as the day it came out. Interestingly, not written by Chazenay or any members of the band. This was William Orbit working with some other songwriters, and obviously William Orbit has done some incredible work with Madonna, for instance, working on her Ray of Light album, as well as the aforementioned Pure Shores. Um, I just think the production on this is... It's very much all saves, but it's very different, actually, isn't it, to that their first album that we've just been chatting heavily about. They really struck gold when they buddied up with William Orbit. So much so, they've made tracks on their most recent album uh, have been produced by him as well. Yeah. Um, they clearly had a great partnership there. Um, and just a fantastic song. Brilliant song. Will, I'd love to know which, which, which piece of further listening you'd like us to dig into well you've kind of stolen my thunder a little bit oh because i'm gonna go with black coffee by all saints right we've never done that before no but i really want to tap into this particular era as well and that particular sound and i've just i've just been going around in circles for the last few nights just mm. just trying to pin it down and it has to be pure shores okay i'm sorry but that's just the way it is no it's a fantastic song let's Please, can we hear a little bit? Let's put it on. This was the big comeback track, two years on from War of Nerves. This was the first, this was the lead single off the second album. And I just remember at the time, it blew me away. First of all, how different it was from the first album. Yeah. But at the same time, All Saints were back. You could hear the girls there. Brilliant production. You know, obviously featured on the beach soundtrack. But it was, it was a massive hit as well. Yeah. They were definitely back, weren't they? They were they were back, you know, and also they were asserting themselves this wasn't a girl band that were gonna disappear after one album. Like, you know, Bewitched did incredibly well. They had three, four number one singles and then the second album obviously bombed. This was a, a sign that uh, as a girl band from this era, all things were here to stay. And twenty one years later, we know that to be true. And I love what they're doing now, actually. I think we should just, before, and we we may well come back to them in the future, but some of the material that they're producing at the moment, I feel, is of, is, is of an equally good, brilliant standard, actually. Yeah, I mean, William Orbit, I think you, said, you mentioned earlier, he, for the first time since this second album, he's come back to work with them again on the most recent album, Testament. Um, and the current, the most recent single, I should say, After All, is a William Orbit production. And if you haven't heard it, do put it on because if you if you enjoyed all things first time round, I think you'll enjoy this one. And I've got a, my tip actually on the new album. Who do you love? That's the opening track, isn't it? Is the opening track, and again, there's a brilliant spoken word. First minute is a spoken word bit, and then the harmonies are incredible in it. So if you haven't checked that testament, uh, is uh, really worth diving into. In 21 years' time, we'll be celebrating it on track by track. Oh, How old will you be then? Uh, I think we should just. Uh, we're out of time. We're out of time. <laughs>
We're out of time on Girl Band Month. We've celebrated some huge girl bands over the last month. Spice Girls, Girls Aloud, Sugar Babes and All Saints. They don't make them like they used to. Have we covered the right bands? Have you enjoyed the albums we've talked about? Are some of the acts' albums better than what we've talked about? Please do let us know on social media, at Move to Trash UK, hashtag Track by Track. Uh, next week, Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease of what to expect on next week's podcast? Well, I'm not ashamed to say, I don't think we should be hiding anything. This album that we're going to talk about next week wasn't in our original plans, was it? And then it was announced that there was going to be a 20th anniversary uh, re-release on vinyl, and we just had to talk about this album. So next week's actually going to be a double bill. We've got our originally planned album, which kicks off our celebration of the best of 2018, And from the same artist for the first week, we've got an album celebrating 20 years. What on earth could it be? And I think she's really hot again now, which is why we really wanted to go to town on her. Yeah. Oh, Christ. (laughs) Poor cow. To say anything more, we'd, we'd give it away. Please do continue to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Do rate us and review us if you're enjoying what you're hearing. Thank you for the great feedback we've had so far. Until next time, I've been Nicole Appleton. And I've been Natalie Appleton. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.